When we hold on to grievance and pain from the past, we keep ourselves from being able to really move into our fullest expression of self. We need to practice forgiveness from the soul recovery perspective, dissipating the energy and releasing the past for good. If you're interested in this profound transformation, I invite you to join me in Colorado the weekend of June 8th and 9th to have an incredible experience with others on this same soul recovery journey. Two full days of immersion in the soul recovery process where you will indeed leave transformed. You will be able to truly let go of these old pains and step into a new way of being. Check out the show notes for a coupon code and how to register. My name is Reverend Rachel Harrison, and this is the Recover Your Soul podcast, a spiritual path to a happy and healthy life. I started Recover Your Soul after having profound changes in my life from my recovery of alcoholism, control addiction, and codependency. I was guided to share the tools and principles of spirituality and soul recovery to help others transform their lives as mine was transformed. For us to overcome external circumstances, we must first turn the attention to ourselves, focusing on inner change outer positive results in our lives will follow. As a spiritual coach, I can support you on your path to make real changes that will bring you a life of peace, happiness, connection, and abundance. Visit the website recoveryoursoul.net to book coaching sessions, read the blog, listen to some of my original music, and subscribe to receive email updates. I think of Recover Your Soul as a community. Follow us on social media and join the private Facebook group to support each other and connect. For an extra episode each week and to support this podcast, become a Patreon member or subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Together, we can do the work that will recover your soul. Welcome to the Recover Your Soul podcast. This is Reverend Rachel Harrison, and I thank you so much for choosing to spend your time with me here today. Last week's episode and in the next couple episodes coming up, I wanted to talk to you about my internal work that I did while I was on a vacation trip to Mexico with my mom and my husband. I went from October 4th through the 20th to Sayulita, Mexico. And in the last episode, I talked about expectations and how I had built up a fantasy a story really based on just what was in my own head of what I thought the trip was going to be like, and how I was able to shift and let go of those expectations and be available for just exactly what was and actually enjoy it exactly as it was. And to give myself compassion for how I created a whole story, a whole ideal based on just what was in my brain or what I had seen in pictures and that that's okay, that that was okay. What I want to talk about in this episode that has been really insightful and interesting to me is people pleasing that we've been talking about people pleasing in the podcast a little bit. But I hadn't really looked into people pleasing in terms of soul recovery until the last year or so. And it's mostly been in working with you in your private coaching sessions that people have been really exploring their own people pleasing. I think it's one of those things that until 
the words and the descriptions start coming up. You don't even know that you're doing it. Kind of like how I didn't even know that I had control issues until I started really diving in and doing this spiritual journey and realizing that a lot of what was going on for me that was causing me so much pain was this desire to try to change the outcome of things, to be helpful, to be a fixer, to make it better, to maneuver things around, to manipulate things so that I could fix it. Well, people-pleasing ties onto that. And people-pleasing is not a medical diagnosis. It is something that we can recognize in ourselves. And what I heard it say is that people-pleasing is when you prioritize what others want over what you need or want. So you're prioritizing other people's needs, wants, so that you can be loved, so that you will be validated, so that everything will be okay, right? So one of the things that we talk about in soul recovery is the part of me that felt like if you were okay, if everybody else was okay, then I could finally relax and be okay. And I didn't even realize at the time that that is part of people-pleasing, part of codependency, As we're doing this journey, we're really learning more about ourselves. And the more that we can witness and see and recognize, the more that we can do something about it because we can't change anybody else. We don't have any control of anybody else or any other circumstance out in the universe. All we have is the ability to look at ourselves and do our own internal work. So when I showed up to Mexico with my mom and my husband, I think they're, again, going back to the expectations, had this ideal of what that would look like. Now, when I initially booked the trip, we were thinking that it would just be Rich and I. And then I thought, well, maybe I'll fly the kids in and they can be with us for part of the trip. And I was telling my mom about that. And I said, oh, would you like to come for the part when the kids come? And she said, well, I'd really like to come the whole time. It's really, you're in Rich's trip. I'm, I don't expect it to be anything different than what you guys are planning, but I could really use a break myself. Cause as most of you know, if you've been listening to the podcast, she lost her home in the fire in Louisville, Colorado on December 30th of 2021 that burned down a thousand homes. And one of those homes was her beautiful home. So it's been a big year for her with a lot of grief, a lot of loss, a lot of transition. And so of course, I'm like, yeah, absolutely, you can come. My mom is wildly independent. She is very sternly independent, as a matter of fact. And so the idea, the Again, we can look at sort of this place that we put ourselves into where we're looking at what the ideal scenario is, is that Rich and I would go and do our trip and she would be with us, but we'd have some things that we did together, some things that we did separate. Rich would do some of his own things. I was hoping that this would going to be a working vacation that I was going to mostly be doing a lot of work on recover your soul and then, you know, going out and having these little moments of vacation. So that was the intention. That was the 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 desire of how it was going to go. So of course, when she asked if she could go, I said, absolutely. And then we looked into the airfare for the boys to fly down and it was way more expensive than I had anticipated. And being a normal person who has budgets, it could either be that they 
came on this trip to Mexico or they came and spent Christmas with us. And they both chose that they would prefer to spend Christmas with us. Plus, they didn't really have the vacation time or the finances themselves to be able to pay for extras. So it ended up just being my mom and my husband and me. When I am looking at this from my internal soul recovery stuff, the two people that I am the most people pleasing to and have the most unhealthy relationship with myself and how I deal with them, it is my mother and my husband. And so there I was in a situation with the two people that I tend when I'm not in my healthiest place to turn over every single thing that I need to please both of them. Well, if you had two more opposite people on the entire planet, it would be my mom, the Buddhist, the quiet Buddhist, and my husband, the wild, energetic, high-intensity, adventurous surfer. And then you have me in the middle who tends to chameleon and become whichever one of those things each of them needs. And immediately I felt the discomfort of the fact that I couldn't please them both. And that there was in the first couple days, this awareness of where am I in this? Where do I actually fit into this? And I was journaling and thinking, man, I have been really doing a lot of soul recovery work. I have been meditating and contemplating, but to be 24-7 with the same two people that are where a lot of my work needs to be done was a real opportunity to dig in and really honestly take a look at what I needed to work on how I could heal and do better in those situations. Now, my mom, like I said, is fiercely independent. And so what she wanted was she really wanted for us just to go do whatever we wanted to go do. And she has traveled the world all by herself for a long, long time. And she traveled the world with her husband, who was my stepdad, who passed over 10 years ago. And she has gone off on things by herself. She is a very practiced world traveler. So her independence is fierce. However, She is 75 years old. And while we were there, she had her 76th birthday. And during the pandemic, there was not a lot of getting out and about. And between 2020, when the pandemic hit, and now her health has deteriorated and her physical endurance has deteriorated. And it was extremely hot in Mexico. It was 86 degrees with the humidity. So you're running in the high 90s of how it feels. And it literally is that kind of humidity that we don't experience ever here in Colorado, where you exert yourself a little bit and you're just drenched, soaking wet. We also had this really great Airbnb that was luckily just a half mile going the long way into the heart of the downtown of Sayulita. But it's cobblestone streets. It has some very uphill and downhill pitches. It's not flat. And there's, you know, cars and motor cars and, I mean, motor scooters and 
um, everybody gets golf carts. Golf carts were way out of our out of our budget. They're like sixty dollars a day, so we opted to not get golf carts. But you know, golf carts everywhere, and it became pretty apparent pretty quick that it was physically a lot going to be a lot harder for her than she had anticipated. And so I watched myself with my people pleasing and that part of me that had some real clarity of my upbringing of needing to make sure that my mom was okay. So my mom and my dad divorced when I was, I was like seven or eight, but my mom raised me even from the very beginning my dad's this amazing, wonderful, creative person. And when we look back at our childhoods and we look back at our experiences and our feelings as kids, it can be really hard because we don't want to judge our parents negatively. We don't want to say, oh, they were bad or they, you know, didn't do well for us because we still want to love and appreciate them. And so in soul recovery, I want to make sure that when I'm working with people that we understand we're not judging whether something was good or bad necessarily. We're looking objectively at our own personal experience of it and how it felt to us. And some parents are incredible, loving, and still didn't give us what we need. And some parents did not provide us anything that we needed. No comfort, no solace, no kindness. And we need to look at that too. So the truth is that when we're looking at these situations, it's not a judgment of who this person is. What we're looking at is we're looking at our personal experience and how our brain developed around those situations. I also started reading Oprah's book, What Happened to Me or What Happened to You, while we were on this trip, which was, I'll talk in more detail in some other episodes was super fascinating that talks about development of our brains as children in particular. And and she's such an advocate for abuse and sexual abuse and, and how that affects us and trying to really bring that more to light, the importance of how we raise children and what we provide for them, the safety that they feel. So what I can say is that as a baby and as a child, I definitely had unconditional love and I had kindness and there was never yelling or aggression. But there was something that happened in the terms of what my role was as an only child in a house predominantly being raised by my mom, this wildly independent, intelligent Buddhist mom. And so what I can see is that I learned from an early age that my role was to make sure that she was okay, that I didn't rock the boat, that I didn't act out, that I wasn't too needy, not that I got reprimanded or in trouble or yelled at or whatever for those, but I I got a lot of reinforcement for being a really good girl. And many of us have this situation, right, of being a people pleaser because we were given this role in our family to be the good one, to be the easy one, to make everybody feel okay, that that we were the peacemakers, we were the helpers in the family. And so I have this 
mom, who's this really intelligent, smart, wonderful, independent person. And yet I watch myself change who I am and what my needs are and put myself at the very bottom of what needs to happen here. Not because somebody else is asking me to do that, because I do that to myself. And then we have Rich, who, you know, we end up marrying people that have some part of us that wants to heal a childhood relationship, I think. And so both of my parents have this wildly independent, you just go along with whatever they're doing. I don't have very many memories of being a kid where it revolved around me being a kid. My memories are of being around adults, doing adult things and interacting with whatever was going on with them. It wasn't what the kids need or want. It was really just show up and manage the situations, whether you're going to one of my dad's rock shows and dancing and then falling asleep behind the drum kit or um, going with him after they were separated to whatever girlfriend's house that he had at the time to see him. If that's how I wanted to see him, that's what I needed to do. So it's not a judgment of right or wrong again. It's just, this was my experience. And so I married somebody that's similar to that. Rich is wildly independent. He has a zest for life on the things that he does. And I had this real clarity on this trip about how I chose a partner that I still people please, even with all this work that I'm doing, even with the digging into soul recovery, even with working with you, even with working with me, if I'm really honest, what I say is, what do you want to do today before I say, here's what I was thinking I'd like to do today. And it doesn't mean that someone has to win, right? It doesn't mean that it's like, who's the strongest energy in the room and we're going to make it happen. These are three human beings who are all on their life journey together, who all have things that they want to do, who all love each other, who are all kind, who are all gentle with each other. And it's still so interesting how complex relationships are. So here I have my mom who unfortunately can't be as independent as she would like to be. And she would, you know, went down to town by herself a couple of times um, but it's it was harder for her, and there was a part of me that was concerned about her physicality to be able to handle that. And then you have Rich, who's waking up early, going off surfing, has discovered, you know, there was a better surf break where he could drive, and it wasn't really safe for us as a team to all go together because there wasn't any place really to be on the beach. And then the path to get to this particular surf break included walking on two by fours over a lagoon that was all muddy that was filled with crocodiles, right? So not going to do that with my mom. And even though she kept saying, it's okay, you can leave me, you can do whatever you want. This part of me couldn't let it go. Couldn't just say, no, I'm going to do whatever is good for me. I want to please everybody. So then the other thing that happened was we got there on Tuesday and Friday was my mom's birthday. We had a really awesome day. We drove to a different town. 
uh, did some shopping, ate little snacks at a couple different restaurants by the beach and had some exploration and really had a really fun birthday for her. And then she woke up in the middle of the night at about 1.30 in the morning and woke me up and she was in excruciating pain. Really, I'd never seen her in that kind of pain before. And it was in her side and we were looking it up and is it kidney stones? It can't be an appendix. She doesn't have one of those anymore. Did she eat something and she's having some ruptured something or her... Did she, is she have diverticulitis? Like what is going on? It's really bad. And we ended up taking her to the emergency room, um, the private emergency room there in town, which luckily they had one. And they gave her some pain medication and did an x-ray and could see that there wasn't from the x-ray that it looked like there was like a blocked gastro situation and brought her back home. She rested. She felt better the next day. That was really scary. That was, you know, to be in another country and to have your mom be in that level of pain. And we're all changing and we're all shifting. And so much of us wants to be who we were before, to be younger, to be more able to do the things that we did before. And there's just a real truth to the fact that my mom has aged to what her body can handle and what it can do. So I observed in myself that part of me that was really back and forth between what did Rich need and want and what did my mom need and want and what did I need and want. And the answer in all of that came through that we all agreed that we just wanted each of us to have the best time, right? To do what worked out best for us. So Rich would go off and do his surfing. And I ended up spending a lot of time with my mom, taking her to the beach and being nervous about her getting in the water and not knowing, was that a kidney stone? Are we going to, did it pass? Is it just, did it just move as being in the water? moving those things around. I I don't know. So I I watched myself be overly, overly cautious and as she was okay throughout the trip. But it gave me this opportunity to do some inner work inside of myself of this people-pleasing part and to recognize for probably the first time in my life to the level that I did, how prevalent that has been in my life. And without that opportunity, without that ability to really see it in this unique way, I'm not sure that I would have really seen it. And now that I see it, now I can do something about it. Now that I see it, now I can have some healing on it. Now that I see it, I have been journaling on it. I've been doing more research on boundaries. I've been asking myself some real questions like, okay, Rachel, if this wasn't pushing you on either side, who are you? And what would you want? And what would you want to do? And what is actually your desires and needs? And the honest answer is, I don't know. I don't know because I have in general been putting everybody else's needs above mine that I don't actually know sometimes what that is. And so I did things for myself on the trip that were exploring 
I woke up early and Rich had gone off surfing and I walked down to the beach by myself as the town was opening up and the guys were putting things out on the beach, the beach umbrellas and lounge chairs and the fishermen were going out and people were out at that particular surf break. And, and I spent time with myself and I wandered around the town by myself and I didn't wait to see if they were finished at the store. I went to the ones I wanted to go to. I got clarity on what I wanted to buy. And it was interesting to think, man, seriously, I am working so hard on all this soul recovery and I feel like I've come so far and yet another layer is always there to be revealed. And the gratitude for the fact that the people that I'm working on the people pleasing with want me to be happy. They actually aren't demanding or mean or intense. I can see that this is something that I've done to myself and that over the years, the patterns of how we interact with each other have a lot to do with me setting up the expectations of how things get done. And so I need to look at that. And it doesn't mean that I'm going to all of a sudden become some fiercely independent, you know, screw you and what you need and you want, because it's not what I want either. But I want to have more awareness of the boundaries and the setting up for myself to make sure that I'm not at the bottom of the list. Can there be equality in it? Does it have to be a somebody wins and somebody loses? Can it be, I believe that it can be, from a place where there's quality communication so that everybody sees what everybody needs, which is basically what ended up happening on the trip. And we we had a lovely time. It all worked out really well. And Rich and I ended up going off and having dates alone with just the two of us and doing things on our own. And she got stronger as the trip went along and could do some things on her own. And it's acceptance and kindness and compassion for everyone involved. But the main compassion that I want to share with you is my awareness and compassion of my little girl. My little girl in there that I didn't even realize was still in there trying to be a pleaser, trying to make sure that everybody else's needs were taken care of first so that if you're okay, I can be okay. I could feel that part of me that knew that I could be okay no matter what, that could stand strong in the center of myself and not have to please. I could feel that part of me that was starting to work that muscle. And it doesn't mean that I'm not allowing somebody else to have fun or that they still don't get to do what they want. It's how I feel internally, how I react and respond to it inside of me, letting go of the need to make sure that everybody else is happy and comfortable and okay. That was a real gift I'm grateful for that gift because I think I'm going to take that with me and really start to expand that part of myself even more deeply than I was before. And I'm going to work on some healing of that little girl, like I do with those of you that I'm coaching, to allow ourselves to see those younger parts of ourselves and have clarity 
and let them stay where they are as young parts of us and not be trying to come forward and still be getting something that they thought that they needed. I feel a strength in myself and I feel a release of the people pleasing and I'm grateful for this opportunity and I'm so grateful that my mom got to have a great trip and I'm so grateful that Rich got to have a great trip and I'm grateful I got to have a great trip. I loved so much of what ended up happening internally for me that I put myself out there to experience past my comfort zone so that I could continue to grow. We're either moving forward and expanding or we're moving backward and slowly dying. And I want to be expanding. I want to be learning. I want to be growing. I want to be sharing with you. I want to be doing this soul recovery journey. So I hope my experience of people pleasing has been helpful to you, that you can relate to it on some ways. I always appreciate you spending your time with me. Thank you for supporting Recover Your Soul. Thank you for being part of this community. Thank you for subscribing and following and leaving the reviews and the five stars and all the things that are helping this to reach even more people. I'm so grateful for this community and this journey. Until next time, namaste. Are you wondering, how do I go deeper on my path to soul recovery? Or how do I support this great podcast? Well, here's how. Here's your call to action. If you're ready for real inner change and would like to work directly with me, visit the website and book a coaching session. I'm here to support you on your unique path. I'm here to help you let go of the past, to deepen your connection with your higher power, whatever that is for you, and to discover and then step forward into a happy and healthy life. You can also become part of our soul recovery community. One way is to join the support group. It's the first Monday of every month. It's by Zoom from 6 to 7 p.m. Mountain Time, and you can register on the website to get your Zoom link. Recover your souls on social media. Of course, there's Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, lots of ways to connect, and there's even a private Facebook group that will allow for more communication and conversation about soul recovery. There is also an extra bonus episode every Friday if you are an Apple Podcast subscriber or Patreon member. I'd also love all of the listeners to subscribe on the website so that I can keep you informed on what's going on with the podcast, the community, with me, and anything that's up and coming and new and great about soul recovery. Also, if you just take a little bit of time to give me five stars, a quick review, and to share the podcast with your friends and family, we're helping even more people to have soul recovery in their lives. If this podcast is providing you spiritual nourishment and inspiration, thank you, thank you for going to the website and pushing the donate button, whatever donation feels right to you. This means so much to me because I have this enormous mission of sharing soul recovery with the world and your donations, your bookings, your subscriptions, your being part of this community is helping that to happen. Together, we can do the work that will recover your soul.
The Recover Your Soul podcast and its content is for educational purposes only and is not allied or representative of any organizations or religions. It's based on the opinions and experience of Reverend Rachel Harrison. Recover Your Soul claims no responsibility to any persons or entity for any liability, loss, damage, or cause alleged to be caused directly or indirectly as a result of its use. Applications or interpretations of the information represented herein. Take what you need and leave the rest.